Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Thursday afternoon in lovely Gainesville, Florida. Miss Bree is producing our broadcast today. First hour, a few calls, a few emails, and a good guest, Dave Archer, the former NFL quarterback, talking about the Falcons as they get set to open training camp in about three days as that's going on all over the National Football League. Final day of SEC football media days today. And with college football means college football guests. John Thompson, former Gator defensive coordinator, been a lot of places as a coordinator and a coach. He's been our SEC football insider, and he's going to join us to talk a little bit about yeah, you know where we are in the month of July as far as football is concerned. John, it's a pleasure to have you back. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Appreciate it, Steve. Glad to be back. You know, everything in Gainesville, Florida, man. Doing great, man. Doing great. Um, I figured you would. I figured you'd be in Hoover. How can they run this show without you? You know, I used to go every year, um, and did that for about twelve years. But it's it's gotten so big, John. And I mean, oh, it's it's. I know it. And honestly, not much comes out of it. I mean, if you're looking for news, <laughs> well, it's all prepared. Yeah, it, all, the, all the coaches are all prepared. They say what they want to. Everybody's undefeated. It's a great. It, it is. It's a great time of year, but it's um, it's going to be interesting if they bring it back to Atlanta next year, and then going to Birmingham after that. Then uh, that's going to be. It's a. It's going to be interesting. I see it. They got. The, they got Gus on the. I, I got it all, and I'm watching it. Everybody's watching and listening, but. So, good. Great to talk to you today. What's on your mind, man? What what can we talk about? Well, let's start right there. Because I think, you know, in some years, John, you know this, a league could have, you know, two, three, four coaches on the hot seat. To me, if anybody is on the hot seat, it might be Gus Malzahn. Would you agree with that? I. You know what? When you take the job at Auburn, you're on the hot seat. <laughs> unless you're unless you're winning it all. That may be the ultimate they I, I mean, I, I think that they keep it warm down there all the time. I mean, if you don't if you don't win big, if you don't beat Alabama and you don't get in the playoffs, then you're going that's that's the way it is at Auburn. There there are so many uh factors or so many ex coaches that still live there that uh, that have a voice, and that's just the way it's been. I mean, and, and they create some of that for uh, for the masses down there. But there's no question, and, and hey, Auburn's got their work cut out for them. They they open up with a with a very good Oregon team uh, and a neutral site, and a really a true neutral site in that you know playing it in uh, in Dallas. That'll be a that'll be an interesting game. Their offensive line has got to get much much better. They're all back. I'm not sure that that's sometimes having them all back is good. Sometimes that's not. I mean, they weren't very they weren't very good last year. They weren't very productive, let's say, last year. And so now you get all five of them back. 
hopefully they've been you know they they've been developed more and they're better but sometimes you you are what you are so that was their that was the the main issue last year in my mind they couldn't run the football they didn't have a thousand yard rusher which they have to do and now they've got uh, they've got a you know got to pick a quarterback in camp between uh, between Knicks and Gatewood so we'll see i mean that's uh you let you let a, you let Oregon beat Auburn and you and it's going to be more than the hot seat for Gus. It, it'll be uh, he'll jump straight into the frying pan. You know, John. Sometimes when you go to that event and there isn't really any news, media tries to create it. And a big topic has been the Florida Georgia game. You know, based on what Kirby Smart has said in the past, and even Dan Mullen, when asked, was you know he kind of gave both sides of the issue. Should that game be moved? You know what? In my opinion, straight out answer is no. I I don't think it should be moved. There there are too many uh, there there are too many longstanding, really true traditions in in college football. Things are being changed, and 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 I'll I'll weigh in on both sides of that. When I was a Gator, and I thought. That was a, a tremendous advantage for us <laughs> to, to get in the bus and, and drive over to Jacksonville. And it was a great trip, but there's just too many things going on. It's not hard for Georgia to get there. It's not hard for people in Atlanta, Georgia, to get to, to Jacksonville. That no, I don't think the game should be should be moved. It is one of the greatest spectacles. It's one of the greatest uh, highs in my career. Just going through that, coming over that bridge of the St. John's River, and, and looking and and seeing all the tailgaters, and having the Georgia fans rattle our bus as we came in, and just the the atmosphere of the game during the game, it's it's too good. I mean, it's too good, and it's too much tradition. So uh, don't change it. Don't let them change it, Steve. All right, LSU. I know you got the power. Uh, yes, I do, and they're not going to change it. Um, LSU always has guys off the bus. You just go, wow, look at these guys. And Burrow certainly was an upgrade for them at quarterback. But now Orgeron has hired a guy who supposedly is going to run the spread. They have He has promised to open up the offense. We've heard that before. But isn't this what LSU has to do to really be competitive? Well, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, the guy evidently was very uh, was very impressive. He's in his twenty. He's in his twenties. We're talking about Brady that came from the Saints and and Sean Payton and those guys had so many good things to say about him. And he's been around, you know, Drew Brees and, and that. So, you know, Steve Dinsmaker is, is is a longtime coach who was the offensive coordinator, and and sometimes it, it's hard to change a guy's stripes. He and, and Orgeron both are old school coaches. And by that, I mean, they didn't come up in the spread era. They came up in, in rock them, sock them, pound them, run the power, true, oh, what you think about what LSU football is. But you got to get the ball spread out. They've got weapons, they've got receivers, and they can spread, they've, they've got to spread the field and some things from happening that way. So, I, I think they have to. I think this is going to be an evolution of what uh, Orgeron can do as a head coach. 
And if he actually will make some changes and not be, um, not get tied back to the old school things that, that he did when he was at Ole Miss and, and even a little bit there with Steve, with Steve Insmaker. So hopefully, um, it'll be a transformation and, and that they would be very, very hard to deal with if they start spreading the ball out like that. John, I think most people have Alabama to win the West, Georgia to win the East. Give me a dark horse in each division that could make noise if everything went right. Well, I'll start with the I'll start with the West. I I don't know if A and M if you could consider A and M a dark horse. Um, I think you can because I, I think Kevin Mond is really a good quarterback and, and being a year with Jimbo there, I think he's going to be, I think A&M is going to be very, very good. And uh, I think they're the team that, that has the best chance to upset them. Now, LSU, you know, obviously will put all their eggs into that basket. But I, I think a dark horse in, in that in that side would be A&M. Then over on the other side, I mean, you, you got to. I mean, Missouri excites me a little bit with Kelly Bryant transferring, and and you and I earlier uh, today, and I, and I mentioned that one of the stats. I mean, this shouldn't be, but one of the stats that blew my mind is is Missouri had zero guys enter the transfer portal, which that that's the biggest two words in college football this spring. <laughs> yeah, but nobody wanted to transfer. And they've been through a lot of issues. Now they got Kelly Bryant. I just think uh, I just think Odom has really built something there. They're a good football team. They're a really, really good football team. Um, and I, I think Florida will give Georgia the most trouble. But I, I would think that uh, Missouri and you know I, I'm not sure that uh, you, you better watch out. You know I, I, I think Kentucky can be pretty good too. Back, having Wilson back and having all their offensive coaches back. I'll end with this, John, and you kind of mentioned it. Um, the transfer portal. Now, recent changes have made it a little more difficult in terms of getting that immediate eligibility, but I don't think that transfer portal is going anywhere. Do you? No, I don't. The biggest thing they got to do, they got to be consistent. And, and that's one thing throughout my years of 30-plus of years in college football, the NCAA on, on granting waivers or any, anything it is so inconsistent. And uh, some, guys, some guys need to transfer, and not just because that they're unhappy with playing time. They're, they're outstanding. You know, there there's some circumstances that make them uh, need to be able to transfer. Uh, other reasons, you know, maybe it should make it a little harder. So, but I think there's got to be, you know, some, some more, so much more consistency. But no, it's not going away. I, I think, I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg now. And it's going to be more and more and more. And hopefully that it to uh, free agency, but uh, it's very close to that right now. And the NCAA, you know, has got to, has got to get their arms around and smooth this thing out. John, always a pleasure to have you, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh, camps will be opening up. Florida starts practice a week from tomorrow, which is really weird. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I just kind of, that gives me, you know what, you just, just hearing you say that kind of gives me chill bumps. I don't know why. <laughs> That's the coach coming out in you, John. 
oh man, I'm trying to go cold turkey this year, and it's not working. You're you're not doing. You're not good for me. Well, I'm 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 sorry for that, and I'm not sorry for that if you know what I mean. But I <laughs> hey, thank you. Appreciate okay, you thank you, on. John. Appreciate your time, John Thompson, uh, joining us here uh, talking a little college football. Chris Dorian's going to join us in a minute too, and uh, and do that. Um, I promised I would keep you abreast uh, of some. Uh, things going on today. The uh, British Open, uh, the lead score is now five under par. Shane Lowry is the clubhouse leader at four under. Uh, three under, Sergio Garcia, Webb Simpson, Alexander Norin, Tommy Fleetwood, a bunch at three under. They're in uh, the locker room at three under. Two under, um, among those there, Lee Westwood, Tony Finau, Jason Day. One under, uh, Henrik Stenson, Ricky Fowler, uh, Jordan Spieth is one under. Matt Kuchar is one under. Uh, Justin Thomas is even. Justin Rose is even. Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantley is even. Bubba Watson is one over. Ernie Ells is one over. Uh, let's see here. Jim Furyk is two over. And uh, looking down the list here, Zach Johnson, three over, as is Molinari and DeChambeau. Uh, Stuart Sink is three over. Patrick Harrington is four over. Phil Mickelson is five over. Former Gator Billy Horschel is five over. And Tiger Woods, six over par. And his round is not over with yet. 116, time check brought to you by Hayes. Chillery, Chris Doring, scheduled to join us next. Stay with us on Sports